TYB On The Run with your host, Katie Halday. This is your daily Bible blast, the perfect fit for your busy life. Just one chapter, one revelation. This will change your life. Hi, TYB On The Run. Welcome to the book of John. How good is it doing Gospels? I love going back to the Gospels. I begin my year study Bible study and I end my year Bible study always in a Gospel because I just feel like it just anchors me back in my true north. So we're going to do John 1 in this podcast, The Word Became Flesh. In the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning Him. He cried out, saying, This is the one I spoke about when I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me because He was before me. Out of His fullness we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God but the one and only Son who is Himself God and is in the closest relationship with the Father has made Him known. Oh, TYB, we could do this study for the rest of our lives. John packs so much into this beginning. Now, I've actually, that's not the whole chapter because if I was to read the whole chapter, I would take up this whole podcast. You're going to have to read the rest on, of this on your own. That is just the beginning of what is just the most incredible start to the gospel. So this is going to be a little bit different, TYB on the run. I know I read the whole chapter, but with these ones, I'm just going to give you a taste test and you are going to have to go home and read the rest of it yourselves. But oh my goodness, let's just what we call exegete. Let's pull this out. Let's have so much fun in every sentence because John is not pulling any part. He's pulling any punches here. What he's doing is John's writing this. Now it's the, it is the disciple John, because you know, he calls himself the beloved disciple throughout the text. And we know that it is him. He doesn't have to introduce himself like Paul does. It's not a letter. It's a gospel. So it's not going to be I Paul to you. It's not going to be written like like a letter. It's a gospel. It's the good news. And John is writing this 60 years after Jesus came and died. So 60 years after he had walked with Jesus, 60 years later, he's an old man. He's been around the churches of Asia Minor, Ephesus, Smyrna, the seven churches of Revelation are his kind of congregations. And so he's been 
watching what's happening in Christianity in the last 60 years as the last living apostle, why? They all got martyred. Everyone else died about 60s. He's writing this at about 90s, 90 AD. And he's realizing that that the church is falling away. He's realizing that the church is limiting Jesus. They're starting to say that he was a good man. They're starting to say that, you know, he, he maybe wasn't as great as what we thought. They're losing their belief in Jesus. And John, this last living apostle, has had enough. And you can hear it from the beginning. He doesn't introduce and say, hey, I'm just going to address some things. From the moment he opens the gospel, he declares who Jesus was. Can I say, TYB, when we're studying this, you can you can have a relationship with Jesus for a long time and for your whole life. That's the whole plan. He can be your best friend. He can be, you know, uh, closer than a brother. He can he can be your confidant, the one you speak to. But he has to be first and foremost God, the Son of God. This revelation, John is like, I am opening with this because from this point on in the gospel, John proves to you that he's not just a good man, not just a teacher. He was, is, and always has been the son of God. And that is how we should see him. And that is how we should treat him. I'm not saying lose that intimacy with Jesus and that beautiful essence of him walking with us. I'm not saying that, but I am saying, do not forget who he is that you pray to. Do not forget who came and died for you. So let's go. In the beginning was the word. What is John doing? Oh my gosh, he's so good. He's calling back in Genesis. He is rewriting the whole Bible. (laughs) He's saying, you know what? I am not going to show how Jesus came in the New Testament. I'm going to go way back to Genesis 1 where he is. And you're supposed to know that. You're supposed to go, I know that. Genesis 1 says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. John's like, let me show you where your Jesus is. In the beginning, he's putting Jesus back into this Genesis story. How cool is that? In the beginning was the word. Now, guys, this is capital W, and you know in your Bibles by now, TYB, that if it's a capital, it signifies divinity, okay? Capital S signifies the Holy Spirit. Lowercase s signifies another spirit. Um, Capital W, this is the word, and that Greek word is logos, Uh, In the beginning was the capital W word and the word was with God and the word was God. Now we take this for granted, guys, this declaration that Jesus is God. He was with God in the beginning. He has an intimate relationship with the father. He was there in the beginning when, when the heavens and earth were created. He's not created. He is creator. And we're going to expand on that a bit later. But John is saying he is God. Why? Because Again, he's not just a good person. He's not just a good teacher. He's not just a rabbi. He is God. And this revelation, the whole book of John, then shows you how Jesus is God. The whole book of John has miracles and signs and wonders to show you that he was the son of God. He walks on water. He raises Lazarus from the dead. Every sign, he changes water into wine. Every sign from this section of John 1, 1, all the way through, this is kind of like the program of the the whole gospel to say, he's the son of God. He came to earth to save you and he came to show you the father and he came in grace and truth. Those four points summarizes John's gospel. Now, this declaration, because of 
this side of his church history, this declaration of Jesus being God was wrestled with for 300 years. And we are on this side of what's called the Nicene Creed. Basically, you know, Hillsong sing it, I believe in God the Father. You do not want me to sing to Abby. But we know that Jesus is God. We know that Father God, Holy Spirit, and the Son are all God. Now, you can wrestle with that from a Trinitarian perspective. How are they all God? But we know that Jesus is not subordinate or under Father God. He is on the same level. In the beginning of creation, we have Father God speaking, the Word of God, Jesus there, acting, creating, and we have the Holy Spirit hovering. We have this beautiful Trinity from the beginning. And John says here, he is God. Again, 300 years of history after this, they wrestled with this concept. And we know now, because we're on this side of history, that he's not just a subordinate. He's not just a good teacher. He is God. Oh, that's just number verse one. (laughs) He was with God in the beginning. This is this beautiful declaration that the one who came and spent time with with John, the one who came and, and walked among us was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. Um, I love this. He's basically saying, don't treat him like created. Don't treat him like one of us. Even though he did things and he walked among us, from the beginning, he was God. That's a fresh revelation, TYB. And I'm getting that revelation every day because sometimes I pray to Jesus and I pray to him with this essence and this sound that I don't really believe that he has the power to do what I'm praying. Why? Because I'm so familiar with him. I'm so familiar with talking to him and he's my best friend. Do not get familiar with with Jesus so much that you put him down on your level. He is the son of God when he declares. Now, this word logos, let me just go into a quick study of logos. Logos is this word in their time. The Jewish um, understanding of logos is this understanding of wisdom. So when you talk about wisdom in the Old Testament, this wisdom coming from God, the communication of God throughout Proverbs, God's words being wisdom and life to us, he's basic. John's basically saying he is wisdom. He is everything that you that you know about the prophets and the wisdom that comes from the prophets. Jesus fulfills all of that. Now, from a Greek perspective, this word logos was very much this understanding of the logos in Stoicism or Stoics and and Philo. Um, they had this understanding that the logos created everything. It's a bit like for us today, TYB using a Star Wars terminology saying that Jesus is the force. He, you know, the force binds everything together. He's not Yoda, the master, and he's not, he's not, um, you know, Obi-Wan. He's not a, a disciple. He is the force. He is the very essence of everything. He created all things. And you can hear this unpackaging of Jesus being much more than what you expect. And I love this sound. So we've got this word logos because it brings up this connotation that Jesus is the very thing that put all this together. Um, In him was life and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Can I say that when you pray, when you declare that this logos, the word of God, do not doubt his authority, just like in Genesis TYB, God spoke and it happened. Let it be, let it be, let it be. Sometimes with our promises and our declarations that God has spoken over our life, just because they delay doesn't mean he lacked authority or power to do it. 
Don't start doubting just because delay happens. Imagine that moment where God speaks and the word of God is there there, and the Holy Spirit's ready to to put it into place and God speaks. Imagine that that, that moment of delay, that moment of is this going to happen, that moment. Some of us are stuck in that moment of delay and that moment of delay may be 20 years. (laughs) But just because you're stuck in the moment of delay, do not doubt that the word of God, the authority of that word, the power of that word will not bring everything that he promises to pass, just like in the creation account. And it's like life coming in. Some of our promises are dead. Some of our promises, we feel like they have died. When God speaks, life comes into it. Can I say TYB, that is why Satan doesn't want you reading your Bible and he doesn't want you praying and he doesn't want you not just praying, declaring the things of God, but he doesn't want you listening to God. Why? Because when God speaks, when the word Jesus speaks, the authority of God changes everything, just like back in that creation account. I could preach just on these three scriptures. (laughs) There was a man sent from God whose name was John. Now, this is John the Baptist. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light. Now, what John is doing here, the disciple John, he's saying, look, I'm going to give you a gospel. I'm not just going to declare, you know, things over you. I'm going to give you a gospel, but I'm going to give you a gospel that shows that Jesus is creator. He is the son of God. He is the life in all things. He is, like I said, the force that holds everything together. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, which is Jesus, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. I love this clarification. He's like, okay, John the Baptist, not the light. Jesus, the light. And he says the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. Oh, my gosh. This is this amazing moment. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. John goes in and after 60 years of watching the church, he says, you know what? He was before the world was created. He created the world. He then decided as God to come down into the world and dwell amongst us. And we didn't see it. We had the wrong concept of God. And he says, he came to those who his own, the Jewish people, but his own did not receive him. The key to the gospel of John is this. For those of who, who believe and receive him, they become the children of God. And you've got to watch throughout the gospel. Who receives and believes? Who does not receive and believe? Who sees the signs that, that Christ is the son of God and believes that he is? And who sees the signs that Christ is the son of God and do, do not believe? And he says here, let me summarize my gospel. He says. He came to the Jews, his own, but he's, they didn't, they didn't, they saw the miracles, signs and wonders, but they didn't believe. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. And children of God is very much this Old Testament understanding of the Israelites being the children of God, being God's chosen nation. And he said, Jesus was opening those doors wide saying, I am the son of God. I am the word of God. I am the one that was in the beginning. I'm here. And if you believe and receive, you get to become the children of God. Now he clarifies this. He says, children born not of natural descent, natural descent meaning Jews, those born into um, Judaism, nor of human decision. Now he's talking about the Greeks here. Wisdom, logos, came from human revelation. And he said, 
you now no longer need that revelation. You just need Jesus or a husband's will. He's talking about women here. And he says, but born of God. And he's going to show you throughout the text, those who become born of God. The word became flesh. And he, can you see this kind of um, summary? So he's already introduced it. And then he said there was light. And he said, and my whole summary of this gospel is that you would believe that he is not just a good man, not just a rabbi, not just a teacher, but the son of God. And then he starts again. He says, the word became flesh, made his dwelling among us. Oh, we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. Two things here, because we don't know our Old Testament well enough, guys, we need to be explained what he's saying here. He says the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. This language of dwelling among us is tabernacle. He's, he's basically saying the guy that you locked in that in that tabernacle, the person that, that you have been wanting to be near the person that you have have been trying to get near your whole lives the person that you locked in that tabernacle because you couldn't go near him he broke out came from heaven the word the creator god jesus came down so that you would see the fullness of the father and he explains this a bit later he said that jesus the son of God came down so that you would know the father. And he says he He took on flesh. Oh, this is so beautiful. It makes me cry. To dwell among us. And that word dwell would have conjured up the hearts of the Jews to say, oh, my goodness, we, we missed it. We missed it. The person, Yahweh, that we were pining for, his son, the very essence of the father God, in, in the father God's fullness, came to earth and we missed it. So this language is is basically paralleling Jesus with the, the same presence of God in the Old Testament. We have seen his glory, again, the glory that resides in the tabernacle, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. Oh, let me keep going. And then he says, out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only son who is himself God and is in the closest relationship with the father has made him known. John says this. He says, I know now why Jesus came. Took me 60 years. (laughs) I've been wrestling with this. I've been watching you as the church and and you're falling away. You, you're belittling Jesus. You're saying he was just a good man. You were saying that he was just a, you, you're belittling, belittling. You've stopped believing that he was the son of God because of different theologies and different, different Gnosticism and different teaching coming through saying he couldn't have been the son of God. You've lost your faith in the son of God. And he says, from the beginning, John says, get that back. Get that back that the one that you pray to, the one that, that came to die, he was God. He was the word. He was with the Father God in the beginning and he decided to say, look, I'm going to go down and rescue these people. And he dwelt among you. How beautiful is that? And he says, do you know what? He didn't come in judgment. And he unpackages this in the text, in the rest of the gospel. Every miracle that Jesus does is in grace. Oh, it's such a revelation. Every miracle, the water to wine. Why? Because the, it would have been embarrassing for them to not have wine at that wedding. Raising Lazarus from the dead, he weeps before the tomb. Why? Because of compassion. Everything, every miracle. He did not come down to judge the world. John says this later. John 3.16, 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And he didn't come in judgment. He came in grace and truth. Guys, I don't know what happened to the church after this, but we seem to be a vessel of judgment, not grace and truth. Jesus came in the perfect balance, grace and truth. Now, grace can be really um, changed into the words of kindness and truth can be changed into the words of to be reliable. He came in truth. He came in the essence of reliability. <laughs> he came in the essence that when you, when he speaks, things happen. This beautiful, and why? To reveal the Father to you, to reveal Father God to you, to reveal how much Father God loves you. You know, this beautiful opening, this is just the opening. This is just the first 18 verses of John where John says this, Jesus is God. Do not belittle him. He is your best friend. He is your confidant. He is the one who hears you, but he is the son of God. When he speaks, it happens. Listen to his voice. Believe in his promises. And as you read the gospel of John, know that he is creator. He walks on water. He is above creation. And he came to reveal the father to you in grace and truth. How good is this gospel? Oh my gosh, I cannot wait to jump in and out of these chapters with you. This is just the first 18 verses. So read the rest of chapter one, guys. Maybe go home and do some homework, but that is the beginning. Jesus is the son of God. This is the whole point so that when you believe, when you see the miracles and believe, you know and you are secure in who you believe. I hope you've loved this, guys. Cannot wait to continue in the book of John with you.